typically a composer's job starts when a film finishes shooting. But for Karin Kusama's female L.A. cop noir destroyer, she relied on Teddy Shapiro's score first as production was getting underway. Kusama's collaboration with Shapiro extends across four films, going back to the director's first film, Girl Fight, in 2000. Shapiro is here with us today on Crew Call to talk about their unique process. Destroyer, from Annapurna Pictures, is currently in theaters. How did the whole, uh, how did your love for film scoring begin? You're at Juilliard. Was it always immediate? Was it always there? Well, for sure, and it goes way, way earlier than Juilliard. I mean, it, it, it begins with two formative experiences in the movie theater. Um, one was seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark as a nine-year-old and having the kind of magical, seminal childhood film-going experience that I think you know many people have in some form or another. That was mine. And... And of course, my obsession was with the movie, um, but but the music. You know, even at the age of nine, I was really aware of uh, of what a big deal the music was to my experience of the film. And and you know, every time he brought the main theme in, you know, it it just it was a thrill for me. And. Uh, and, and, and that movie just inhabited me for, for a long time. I saw it, you know, countless times. Uh, so that was number one. And number two was a stranger one. So, so I, when I went to sleepaway camp, um, they would occasionally show films to the campers. And, uh, you know, back in those days, there weren't, you know, you didn't have the, the same number of options that you had. So they actually, they screened for the campers Chinatown which was wildly uh, inappropriate. And I think that I was like eight years old at the time. And, and my recollection is like they bring all the campers in and then, you know, the younger kids get shuffled off to bed, you know, before, before you know, Faye Dunaway gets shot through the eye. And, um, and but what I remember super vividly is uh, there's the scenes in, in the desert. There's a boy on a horse and Goldsmith is doing these amazing things with, um, I believe it's brushes on the inside of the piano. And I, I just realized that there was something about the, the, the color of the music that was making the, making the movie feel really dry to me. Like I, it, was, it was accentuating the idea of desert to me. And, um, and that idea really stayed with me and 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 really only in later years was I able to go back and sort of think about the fact that that I was processing on some level the effect that that the music was having on the picture that's that's amazing oh, yeah and I love that they showed Chinatown so so wrong but. they they at my camp when I was 12 they showed Clint Eastwood's it was a mid-80s western I, I want to say it was Pale Rider uh-huh, or something uh-huh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Just so inappropriate uh-huh. for campers. <laughs> weren't a lot of choices. You know, I, I, you know, I think that they, at that time, you know, they, they like they would rent actual film and then thread it through the projector. Oh, I and, love you it. Know, I mean, I'm sure that there were not Jaws. Yeah, right. Chinatown. <laughs> exactly. Um, so 
you know, looking looking at your filmography, it looks like you get out of Juilliard and you hit the ground running. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Can you can you expound on that? I mean, well, you were working with David Mamet, like it soon after you got out of it, Juilliard. It was really, I, I was very fortunate, and um, so one of the things that happened was while I was at Juilliard, I had one friend who was at NYU Film School and another friend who was on uh, a TV show on MTV. And, um, and, and really, in, in the film world, it was, it was the NYU Film School track that, that led to you know, another short film by another student filmmaker and so on. And then pretty quickly, a feature-length film called Hurricane Streets, which it went to Sundance and it won a bunch of awards in, in the late 90s, sort of when, when Sundance was very much at its peak of, of influence. You know, it, it felt like the world of indie film was really wide open and, and really small budget movies could go and make a, a strong impact. Uh, and so really quickly, out of, out of Juilliard, I was, you know, I, I had worked on this movie that, that had gotten a bunch of attention. It didn't ultimately do anything at the box office, but in the world of independent film, it was a thing. And that, you know, th- that led to a number of years where I was working on New York-based independent films, which ultimately led to Girl Fight, which was uh, Karin Kusama's first film. That won the grand jury prize or shared the grand jury prize at Sundance, and and working with David Mamet came directly from that. So tell me about meeting Karen initially. Yeah. Did she did she hear did she hear your work? Because what's really interesting is that while while you've built a big filmography on comedies, yeah, you started off in drama. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So, so at this point, uh, Karen for Girl Fight had um, been paired up with a with a composer, and it was not the right fit. And uh, so, I got a call from the music supervisor uh, asking me if I would come down and and uh, watch this movie. And they, you know, we they needed somebody, and they needed them right away. And uh, I watched it. It was incredible, um, and I. And then Karin came in. We talked for a little bit. We went out. We got a drink. We talked. I knew immediately that this was somebody who I connected with, just very easily, and you know I was hired pretty much then and there. And then I, I went home. I rewatched the movie with my wife, and um, and she said afterwards, the first thing out of her mouth was, "You better write some good music for this movie." <laughs> so <laughs> that was terrifying. Uh, and uh, and then you know we had a great experience working on that film. I, I I had a wonderful creative experience with Karen, and that that's been a relationship that's really sustained itself for a number of years. And then you know you asked about the comedy. Uh, you, I I was really um, working in dramas, and uh, I well I had done State in Maine with David Mamet, and then Heist, and you know Heist is this dark crime thriller, um, and 
I did that, and Todd Phillips, when he was he had directed Old School, and he saw Heist and really liked the score, and so on the basis of that, he hired me to do Old School, which of course couldn't have been less similar, um, but you know it, it, it's 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 a little bit ironic because. You know that started me on this path of, of working on all of these comedies, uh, but I got there sort of through something completely unlike a comedy, and it just kind of led me down a road. And then you you worked extensively with Stiller. I worked. That's exactly right. So how did so, that? Yeah, tell yeah, us about I, I that. I did. So um, I did. Uh, along came Polly with with my very very good friend John Hamburg, who was that's the that's the person I alluded to who was at NYU Film School. He was one of my best friends from undergraduate. And so I did that, and then I did Todd Phillips' next movies, uh, which was Starsky and Hutch, both of which Ben um, was in. And and Ben really liked what I did for both of those movies. And so um, he called me and asked me if I would work on Dodgeball. Uh, and... And that one went really well. And um, so Ben and I forged a relationship out of that and, and um, we've done a lot of work together. So the, the, old, the old thing that it's, it's always said every kind of award season yeah. is comedy films themselves always get the short shrift. Yeah. Do you find that with, with, comedy, with comedy scores? Because... Um, you know, there's been some beautiful ones like the original Ghostbusters. You worked on the the new yeah. Ghostbusters, yeah. but the original theme from that, such a you know that bouncy that bouncy yeah. theme, very beautiful. People forget this. What right. is it? What is it? Is it? Is it? What do you think the the bias is? I don't know. I mean, I I, I obviously. You know, clearly, a certain type of film is is more often uh, seen as an awards film. Um, in terms of music, I mean, there is there is definitely a type of comedy scoring uh, that is, you know, that can be less substantial if it's not done well. Um, it's a tremendously difficult craft being a comedy composer or, or, or working on a comedy rather. Uh, it, it requires tremendous, tremendous timing and uh, and a very, very finely attuned um, attention to tone that um, uh, you know, I think that many times with comedy that the target is really narrow. Uh, and and it can be wider for a drama. Um, there's more leeway. And, you know, there's more leeway for where you place the music and there's more leeway for what the tone of it is. Um, and so, so it's definitely a, an underappreciated craft, uh, writing music for comedy. Um, and as for as for the awards part of it, you know, awards have a logic of their own, and, and it's a little bit hard to, to suss out what that is, and it's not for me to do. I've got to think that with a comedy score, one of the key things is probably not giving the joke away. Yeah. And, you, like, you could always do the after joke. Yes. But uh, is, like, how how 
how crucial is timing? Timing is everything. I mean, it, you know, it, it, it is um, a particularly, you know, leaving space. I mean, that that's really the that's the biggest component of it is is just sort of where you leave room for the joke to happen with destroyer yeah um you 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 watch how tell us about the beginning you want you sit down you watch the film and what's your conversation with well, karen that, karen that was not the that was not the process actually okay uh, for destroyer uh i started writing music before they started shooting. Uh, I, in Karin's last film, Before Destroyer, The Invitation, we started working in this way where I would feed her music early, and it would give her a chance to, um, first of all, to have the music inform her idea of what the movie was going to be, and and then second of all, to have it in her hands to cut with when she was starting to, to edit the picture. Um, that's what we did with Destroyer, but but even more aggressively, I, I wrote about an hour of music before they started shooting. Uh, and I, the way that I did it was we, we had a, a small group of musicians come and do uh, an improvisational session. Uh, I would create musical structures for them to play around, and then and then just let them let them explore, and then taking that material from from the session, I I used the audio as building blocks to create the music. Um, in some cases, you know, I created a structure for them such that what we played in the session was relatively close to what the product was. And in others, I was just taking a snippet and building around that snippet. Um, but it enabled us to create this library of music that really came directly out of the script and my conversations with Karin and with uh, Phil and Matt, who were the screenwriters. Um, and it... And in that way, the music has always just—it has truly been integral to the film. It's always been a, a a part of the film. It was, it's something that came into existence as the film was coming into existence. It's her. It's her. Yeah, it's That's her. That's exactly right. It's so much Nicole Kidman's character. Yeah. It, it, and um, how did how did you come about? Were were, were those sounds like there's there there there's strong strings? Yep. Like, like, like you know, almost like insects. Yep. And then there's a there's metal. Yep. Was that always there, or did did what you begin with did it change into something else? Um. So so in this session uh, that we did early, I had two incredible string players who were creating a lot of unusual sounds, and we we sort of got into making sort of animal-like sounds, you know, very sort of howling, you know, strange uh, bending sounds. And also these, as you say, these sort of like fra very fragmented sounding uh, textures. 
and and all of that all of that is really about Aaron Bell the the main character and finding a musical language that that evoked her uh, inner self um, and um, and then there was a um, you know we we had a, a a synth player, a guitar player, and uh, so a lot of really interesting textures, and then and then added a bunch of you know a- added a lot on top of that after the session. Um, you know the 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 metallic sounding material I think largely comes from uh, modular synths, um, which uh, w- which were programmed by uh, Nathan Matthew David, and he he did a, a really masterful job of creating these great sounds that are really on the cusp of electronic and acoustic they sound really somewhere in the middle of that which is a great a great place to be for this score now something i noticed and i'm not going to spoil the ending but um as her character has her arc yeah it gets you know when we're at the yeah. end mm-hmm. it's it's more it's more melodic it's more there's, um, you know, it's it's almost it's almost like we're breathing now. Yes. Can you talk about that? Uh, you, you know, I, I yes, I can. The music. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, what what I um, what I can say without giving anything away about plot is that you know, I wanted to play around with this idea. You know, there there's this recurring motif of of descending scales throughout the score these it's it's almost like waves of descending scales that you know just sort of keep on going down and down and down and down and uh you know what what Karin and I um have always been interested in we 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 share a love of of Wagner's operas um, and uh, and in particular, Karin really loves the the beginning of the opera Das Rheingold, which has these sort of waves of sound. And um, and what I wanted to do was sort of take this idea of these descending scales and have it get to a place that felt a little bit more Wagnerian at the end, where where the scales went from something that felt um, like they were really pretentious um, and sort of evoked a feeling of, of of a downward spiral to something that evoked transcendence and and sort of an ecstatic um, ecstatic ending and and that was uh, that was one of the first things that I wrote for the movie and and ended up playing an important role in the film so. After a first cut was assembled, well, like after you saw pieces of the film yeah. or a cut, how did did you change? Did the oh, score yes. change? Yes, I mean, and can you give us examples of where? Yeah, I mean, so so, uh, you know, when I first saw the film, they, they had the the editor and and Karin, um, had had cut a lot of the music in, and they'd done a very good job, and there were a lot of things that they cut in. That you know that really ended up staying a- as it was, um, but there were also things that obviously needed needed my attention. Um, 
in particular, one of the elements that um, came sort of after that first pass was that there's there's this uh, recurring element, which are these very, very dissonant, uh, distorted guitar stabs, um, which which happen when uh, when Aaron Bell, the, the, the detective, is, is kind of on the hunt a little bit, or sort of when she's in search and destroy mode. felt like we needed to have some I mean there, there's plenty of aggressive music in the in the movie but we were still missing some kind of very very strong uh, super aggressive gesture and, and that was what we came up with when you started working on this you know the 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 LAPD noir has been done countless times yeah um, heat training day. Are you? Do you have these scores in your head? Like, are they, or do, are you no. tabula rosa? You're blank slate. You kind like. Totally how did you find blank slate? I mean, and and that's that is um, that's why I really like this strategy of the improvisational session because um, you know I don't want to be thinking about other scores. I the the you know, your best chance of, of doing something original is to never have temp music, to never have references um, that you're trying to match. And in, in, I mean, unless you're having, unless the reference is, let's do something that reminds us of Wagner that's nothing like Wagner. Um, and so it really, you know, it got us off on the foot of, of a completely different kind of language. And, um, you know, I, I love being able to work that way. Are you, so, um, but Wagner was always mentioned from the onset. Wagner is something that we always talk about because, um, you know, what Karen, Karen loves, um, I mean, she loves an overwhelming mass of, of sound and particularly something that grows and builds and sort of takes you over. I mean, another one of our, our references is, is the band Godspeed You Black Emperor, um, which is this sort of epic um, sort of ambient rock band. Uh, and, you know, and, and they do a different kind of waves of sound where, you know, something will start very small and then build up a propulsive, um, you know, build rhythm and electric guitars, and it becomes this sort of massive, massive wall of sound. You know, Wagner is doing it with these sort of rippling waves of orchestration, um, and so you know the music is completely different, but the concept behind it is um, is not dissimilar. So, were you? Did you? Did you have a chamber? Did you have a chamber, like uh, orchestra, or was it more? 
or did you have a full ultimately yes so 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 in addition to the the material from that original session we added um low strings and brass and and so so there was like a chamber orchestra that that plays along with with the soloists the um but your process this began on on which like your process with Karin, yeah. it began on which film? On it, began, it began on The Invitation. Uh, and that was, uh, yeah, that was the first time we'd worked that way. And it just, it opened something up. I mean, we'd always had great experiences in the past. But something really exciting happened with that at, where, you know, she, Karin loves bold gestures and I think that um, I, uh, another composer friend of mine who, um, who uh, whom I respect tremendously once said to me that he, he thought that the, the only way to really make a bold gesture work in a film score um, was when the director wanted it to be there. So in other words... When there's a bold gesture, it's because filmically the director has made a space for that to be there. It's not something that you can impose on on the film when the director doesn't envision it. Um, and I kind of think that that's true. I mean, I, I think that it's or it's very very difficult to to do if the director's not looking for something really strong and a bold statement. It, it's very difficult to put it there um, and have the director be okay with it. If you take a bold gesture and you put it in the director's hands, then suddenly they can create the film sort of around the idea of it of it being there. And so it, it just opens up these possibilities for the music to speak in a different way um, than I think it could otherwise. And And the other part of that is there's music that you write away from picture that you'd never write to picture. You know, if I'm looking at a scene, I'm tending to think about it, you know, in a somewhat literal way. I'm, and I'm, I'm, there's a certain type of music that I will write to picture and I'm going to make it work and I'm going to, you know, do certain things. When you write away from picture, sometimes you'll have happy accidents where the marriage of, of picture and, and music is something you could have never thought of because it's illogical, but there's something about it that's magic. And that happened for you yes. on this film because it's so. What's so wonderful? It's so in, the the score is so intricate to her psyche, and you know the bank robbery right. is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, what could you talk about the bank robbery for yeah. a second? Um, what was key? What was key with that? Well, so. Um, so that was, uh, I mean, it's a, it's, uh, it's a tremendous scene. It's incredibly well shot. Um, it, I mean, it's a really riveting piece of filmmaking. And, um, and in terms of the, of the material, you know, it's actually in the script that sort of an obsessive rhythm begins before the, before the bank robbery starts. So I had actually written a piece of music um, early 
before they started shooting with the bank robbery in mind, and that was what they used. And um, so it had that it had that rhythmic element that really drove the scene. And the key to to sort of manipulating that scene was really to actually to, to take away elements first of all so that at the beginning of the scene all of the gunfire could speak and, and you really got immersed in the reality of the scene. start to play a larger role um, it was you know there was room for these sort of very sort of sharp bold gestures and accents and those things could be happening really off of any action I mean you know you don't, you, you don't want the music in a scene like that to be um, you know really closely like tightly scoring moments it's really about almost like creating a sense of unease by having these loud gestures happen where nothing's happening on the screen which is really um, unnerving um, and then and then also just sort of building up a massive sound um, you know big thick brass clusters um, I mean there's a moment where 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 Nicole Kidman is sort of Walking towards the camera, and this big sort of mass of brass clusters is is building, and um, it's just uh, it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's a, it's an exciting marriage of 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 picture and music. Uh, the, our last question is: uh, When aspiring composers ask you for advice, what what's the single piece that you give to them? Work all the time. I mean. Writing music for picture is, um, it, it really is, a, it's a 10,000 hours prospect. And it, it takes a long time to get the hang of it and make the mistakes that you're going to make and, and figure things out by trial and error. And so, um, so first of all, you know, I tell them to, to work all the time because it takes that time to, to get good. Second of all, the, the business is built on relationships. And so, you know, the, the, the student film that you're, that you're scoring, you know, th that's where you're going to find the, the, the director who becomes your important director relationship. And, you know, that's where you're going to find Karin Kusama, you know, the next Karin Kusama. Um, and uh, so, so I, I just 
counsel everybody to, when they're young, take that time, score everything you can. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you.